Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. We're not trying to be an extra minute late, but... Rumble didn't want to agree with us taking the stream. So here we go. It is Monday, January the 15th, and it's cold outside, probably everywhere, except uh, somebody in North Carolina in our chat said it wasn't. And we've got the Iowa primaries today, the caucus. It's going to be decided whether or not Nikki Haley can stick around. What do you think, y'all? Has she got it? Fox News would like to think so. We're going to talk about a little bit of that. We're going to talk about the uh, cold temperatures and fiery rhetoric, kind of this bizarre polarization that's happening on the conservative side of the aisle. It's not helpful that the guys on the other side are also pushing their own version of it. Awful lot of weird stuff going on. So we're going to cover into it. Uh, since we're talking about cold temperatures and things that you guys might want to do, let's go ahead and start off with a sponsor read here. And this is a good one at this moment. Say thanks to my friends over at 4patriots.com, the number 4patriots.com slash Kyle. 4patriots.com slash Kyle is where you can go to find yourself some solutions to some problems that might be coming your way. Whether it's a power outage, you want to be able to keep track of what's going on. If the uh, if the weather gets really nasty, if things get scary, you start running out of uh, food and water, those are not good places to be. Uh, particularly when it's cold and crappy out and the roads are not passable. So find yourself prepared so you're not in the repair situation, which can always be a lot more dangerous. You guys can go to 4 slash Kyle. Thanks, Rose Lopez, for posting that in our chat. Click on through, see what makes sense to you. You guys might start seeing some Facebook ads uh, with my name associated with them. We've, we've uh, white-lighted or whatever you call it, white-listed them to be able to send it out there. It's a good message. Preparation. That should be the backbone of a lot of what America does. The self-reliant attitude will lead you towards natural conservatism. If you can take care of yourself, you don't need the government. So take care of yourself. Plan with some food, plan with water filtration, plan with some survival tools. Make sure you've got some power options, whether it be batteries, flashlights, candles, whether it be a solar generator. You guys, there's all kinds of options. Go to 4patriots.com Kyle and figure that one out. All right. So. Today's show is going to be full of what they're talking about, they being the mainstream media and what's being pushed out. I said we can warm ourselves by the gaslight today. Apparently, it's going to be burning eternal all the way through the year, so that's good to know. If it does get cold, just put your hands up to the gaslight and warm those fingers. But what are they not talking about? What's not getting covered down on? Let's start off right away with this. The House Republicans are going to accommodate Mr. Hunter Biden. Do you guys remember Hunter Biden, the son of the president, the guy that supposedly has been the bag man running around the country and around the world accepting dollars for mm, unknown business proposition influence, possibly, maybe knows some people. Turns out dad is president, used to be a senator, that guy. Yeah. So they subpoenaed him and he didn't show up. And then he did show up. And then he walked out. So if you didn't catch that all, we didn't really cover on uh, that much last week. I think congressional hearings in general are probably not worth our time, except that it shows a, a complete willingness to bend over and not do the job that people were supposedly elected to do. I keep hearing uh, House Republicans like with their firmly worded letters and their, their sternly uh, written up statements, and they're going to get their Fox News hits, aren't they? But what they're not doing is holding anybody to account 
for what looks like one of the most corrupt regimes that we can imagine in American history. So it says here, this is coming from Daily Wire. House Republicans said on Sunday, yesterday, that they're willing to accommodate Hunter Biden by agreeing to subpoena him <laughs> for the impeachment inquiry into his father after he refused to comply with the last round. Now, he walked out of a hearing. He walked out simply because uh, he didn't want to face any questions from Marjorie Taylor Greene. There was some real interesting commentary on social media about showing some of the cameras that were set up in the, the hearing room. And it will be very it'll be very unsettling if we learn that the cameras set up were for a Netflix documentary on Hunter Biden's life. Because these were specific, what they call PTZ type cameras that were in 4K and look like they might be doing some coverage that is similar to what Netflix has set up in other places. So the speculation was, is that he walked out and staged that event, the righteous indignation that he was going to leave when Marjorie Taylor Greene was going to start asking questions. And of course, she had some of those really nice poster boards that showed some of the pictures from his laptop, including him naked. Uh, they were all blurred out. But uh, that was the big deal, the sensational sort of outrage as he left. And then, of course, he goes out and tries to hold a press conference on Capitol Hill, which led to someone yelling, Hunter, are you on crack? I think it's fair play. I think it's fair turnabout. You shouldn't respect people that don't deserve respect. He hasn't earned any bit of respect at all. But it's interesting that we see our Judiciary Committee is not going to do what they said they were going to do. They're not going to hold anybody to account. They're simply out there auditioning for Fox News hits over and over again. The chairman, James Comer, we had a lot of hopes. Jim Jordan had a lot of hopes. Haven't seen any action. Haven't seen my friend Garrett O'Boyle reinstated to the FBI. That would have been an easy up or down. Hey, put Garrett O'Boyle back into his job. The guy didn't do anything wrong. There's no evidence he does. How about you show some oversight and flex some authority over the judiciary, which is theoretically what you have oversight on? But they don't. And it, and it continues to be this scenario where Republicans, what are they doing? Uh, they're playing chess. Maybe they're playing checkers on a good day. And as I said, the Democrats just continue to play demolition derby. They're not going to accept the rules. So they do whatever the hell they like. And as they do so, they prove that they can just drive a monster truck through the park where everybody has those little tables set up trying to play their, their board games. If you're not playing on the board, if you don't play by the rules, it's kind of like my toddler. You know, we're trying to play a, a, a six-year-old's, five-year-old appropriate board game. And he comes walking through and he just smashes stuff. He doesn't care. He'd drop a monster truck right on top of it. And essentially, the Democrats have learned that if they are going to be ungovernable in the situation because they don't have a majority and the Republican majority is so thin and so disorganized, it's unable to accomplish anything. They're winning. They're winning through that. They are actually setting they are setting the bar, even though they are sitting in the minority. And of course, they still have the other two. They have the other house of uh, and they have the uh, the White House. So it, they don't really seem to care. Anyway, you can see here in this uh, this piece says that the uh, <laughs> the committee wrote. A very strong letter, as as predicted. And lawyers said Hunter Biden would appear for a deposition or a hearing in compliance with a proper subpoena because they didn't like the other subpoena because Hunter Biden is able to adjudicate what he wants and be able to do it the way that he wants. He doesn't have to listen to what members of Congress say. That's because his daddy's the president. Imagine if any of you had tried to defy one of those subpoenas. I don't think it would work out well. That's just me guessing. I'm guessing that if you did not, then they would send one of these Capitol Police officers from the Sergeant of Arms sort of a mandate, and they would come from all the different little places they've set up. Now they've got one out there in uh, San Francisco, and they got one in Tampa. You guys are seeing this in other places. There's folks that are um, sort of creating 
outposts for the U.S. Capitol Police, in, auspiciously to uh, to guard members of Congress. They're all entitled to a private security detail that they can pay for. These are just regular people. Most of them are supposed to have regular businesses. They're supposed to own restaurants and car dealerships, and you know uh, they're supposed to have radio stations and whatever, like podcasts. I don't know. They're supposed to be people who actually go out and earn a living and that Congress was not supposed to be the thing that they did for a living, always. We've gotten so far. We've gotten so far away from what the expectation was. And now we're going to start setting up this non-executive agency with weird powers for law enforcement because like, under what authority... Does it operate? It's not part of the executive. It's part of the legislative. What legislative outcome can the Capitol Police accomplish in a Tampa or a San Francisco or a Dallas? It, it, it makes no sense. It's always been a problem. And we saw some of that because we had absolutely atrocious performance on January 6th, right? You started seeing, nobody really looked, think about this. Did you ever look at the Capitol Police with a weary eye? Did you even know that they were a thing? If you didn't work in federal law enforcement, if you hadn't been around the United States Capitol, had you ever considered the possibility that there was this sort of like armed force that answered to the Speaker of the House and the majority leader in the Senate? Did that make any sense? I would say that most people have never considered that until the last three years. How many of our institutions have exposed themselves and tipped over their hands and showed exactly what they were playing with, whether it be the CDC flexing on things like rent? And whether or not people could evict their tenants in their own private property that they owned, that's pretty wild. All of these institutions sort of expose their illegitimacy in the last couple of years. And so this election cycle, in theory, would be a referendum on institutions that have abused their power. And so whoever is chosen on every level, whether it be the uh, the highest, the executive level, and then all the way down through our legislative options and even to your state houses, that's what we should be voting based on. Do you want a federal government and do you want your state government overreaching the authorities that they should have? And are they going to acknowledge that these institutions that we put far too much faith in, and I use the word faith very intentionally, they've they've abused that faith and they have no right to it. That should be a return to American principles in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying that we're, I'm specifically behind any particular candidate because I, I actually don't care that much. What's really critical to me is when Vivek Ramaswamy says, this is a 1776 moment. I don't think that's a rhetorical discussion. This is one of those moments where the tyranny has been exposed and the tyranny is something that we have allowed in this country. And it has been incremental and you keep seeing memes and things like this and it's passed between friends and it says, you know, George Washington and he's smoking a cigar with the gangster glasses on saying me and my homies would have been stacking redcoats by now. Would they not have been stacking redcoats? I'm pretty sure they would have. I'm pretty sure that America has gotten sloppy and tolerant and weak. Maybe a little bit of cold weather is just what it needs to snap people back into it. This is a country full of hard and capable men and women who support such things. Historically, that's always been the way it's been. And we've lost a big chunk of that. We've lost that ground. We've lost that American um, sort of attitude about self-reliance, and I don't need anybody, I'm gonna make it on my own. I mean, isn't that really what America was always about? And yet, the uh, the other side, the, the political left, is actually selling reliance on this government. You need a nanny state. And there's an awful lot of young people that are really into it. It's the opposite of punk rock, which is, I've done an entire show on the kids aren't punk rock anymore. The kids want to be like government simps. 
I did a, a post over the weekend. I said one of the other reasons the 90s was better is that Vice Magazine, even though you may not like Vice Magazine and you may not have liked what they covered, man, they were edgy, they were raw, and now they're like status simps. They are absolutely gagging on the boot of the government that they are licking. And they used to be just like wild animals doing things because people said they couldn't do it. Interestingly, that's why you have people like Gavin McGinnis, one, getting canceled, but two, he's the one who kind of like walked away saying, this is not what I'm about. And our government, as was aptly pointed out in the chat just now, our government has actually ordained anybody that has founding principles of America in mind as anti-government, anti-authority, violent extremists, a 266 Oscar designation under the FBI's counterterrorism banner, domestic terrorism. Real scary stuff. It's a real weird time to be alive. What else are we not hearing about right now? Because there's an awful lot of it. How about this one? This is a uh, prosecutor. The guy's name is Nathan Wade. He's a special prosecutor who also had a romantic relationship with DA Fannie Willis, according to Politico, and he disobeyed a court order in his divorce proceedings. Seems like a real winner. This is one of the guys that's involved in prosecuting Trump. So you've got people that are claiming law and order is the biggest sort of fundamental virtue of the republic, which they call a democracy, and yet he can't even, once again, comply with the court orders that are happening in an acrimonious divorce proceeding with his former wife. This guy, Nathan Wade, uh, he apparently willfully failed to turn over documents about his income, including his wife later said income from his work on the Trump case. Oh, interesting. Could it be that the things that he was doing would reveal what we've seen lately, which is that he was billing the White House, he was billing, I'm sorry, the people of Georgia for his trips to the White House, basically what looks like Real collusion, unlike what Donald Trump was theoretically involved in with the Russians, but real collusion where the White House was basically trying to figure out how they could move forward the needle on state prosecutions, including this one down in Fulton County. And why would you need the Fulton County prosecutions? Why do you need that when you've got Donald Trump indicted in Washington, D.C. and in Florida? Because there's a real possibility that the argument about immunity holds true. There's a concept of qualified immunity, which is to say that if you're doing part of your job, if you are working under the scope of your authorities in a job, particularly a federal job, then the federal government, one, is, is duty-bound to protect you. Very interesting that we don't see that happening right now. You can imagine if they came after Barack Obama that we'd see the, the DOJ probably step in and, and call it qualified immunity for his time, for his eight years as a president. But more importantly... You're supposed to be able to exercise your authorities. There's this huge push right now. I'm going to play you guys a, uh, I didn't even download this video. I'll probably play it for you tomorrow. I watched this very unhinged rant on MSNBC. And it's a young man and he's an attractive guy and he's wearing a nice cut suit and he looks very authoritative and he's got five o'clock shadow. And so he looks kind of like a grown up and he's screaming like a baby talking about how Donald Trump wants to be a dictator and claims that he could kill with impunity. We're going to touch it just a little bit. But this is the fear that they have. They're, they're basically making these straw man arguments left and right. Donald Trump said that if you're the president, you should be able to be the president with impunity. Correct. That's the case for all things, whether you be a low-level federal law enforcement officer, whether you be a United States Marshal or an FBI agent or a DEA or an FBI or, whatever, or a um, ATF, rather. If you're doing the job and you're within the scope of your employment, you're supposed to be able to, to do what you've got to do. And if you do your job as is described then you are not subject to whimsical prosecutions and civil actions. 
They scope you is what they call it. They put you in scope of your authorities and your duty. And if Donald Trump was having a political conversation with somebody that was regarding the political situation in this country while he was the leader of one of the political parties, but also the leader of this country, which is a political office, that's the end of it. That ought to be the end of it. And that's why they needed the state to step in because state prosecution with no federal backing was sort of the contingency plan. And it wasn't enough that they just did it in New York. They obviously had to bring it somewhere else. So they've done that. All right. The contempt ruling against Wade was in August of 2023. It shows that he was fighting his own deeply personal legal battle and getting admonished by a judge. And he was helping run one of the most consequential criminal investigations in American history. This is basically what they're getting at is that we're talking about someone who's compromised. He's compromised. And what is he doing? He is running the investigation into someone who is running for political office. The American taxpayers are supposed to be able to have a chance to decide whether or not they think Donald Trump is worthy of being president. Right? Isn't that what it's about? Isn't that what the whole contest is? You're going to see it in the primary. You're going to see it in the caucuses. You're going to see it today in Iowa. And then in theory, everybody gets to decide, even though we have no constitutional right to do it. If you haven't seen the piece that we put out, uh, I did a little uh, interview with, uh, with Joe Ullman over on Conservative Daily. And I did about a three or four minute discussion about how we're supposed to actually have an air gap between what the public sentiment is, the popular opinion, and who gets selected as president. That's literally the point of the Electoral College. And we covered this maybe somewhere mid last year, discussing very, very clearly that you have no right under the U.S. Constitution to select the United States president. If that comes as a shock to you, it's time to go back and read the articles. It's time to go back and read our founding documents. Many of you have sworn allegiance to it, and you don't even know what it means. You have no right to select the president. It doesn't exist. It's not there. All right? The state legislatures have the plenary authority to choose the slate of electors that go on and say who is president of this country. And up until pretty recently, historically speaking, that was the same thing for senators, too. You, have no, you had no right to them. It was actually a constitutional amendment that pushed it out there. They had to change the way the Constitution was written on purpose because they wanted what we call an air gap. An air gap is when you have a secured system. It's what you'd expect that your election servers might have, where there's not everything that's going on in the world. There's a space. It's a vacuum wall. You know what it is? It's like an insulated tumbler. The air gap is what keeps the heat from transferring from one to the other. It's insulation against movements of the climate around you. That's the thing that's supposed to happen. The election's supposed to happen inside where the hot beverage is. It's not supposed to be based on whatever moods or temperatures swing all around. It's pretty important. And that's the way that the Republic was set up. So as we subvert that and move towards what they call the, what I keep calling the, uh, the tyranny of the majority, the tyranny of the majority is 50% plus one. That's not a mandate. That's time for compromise. And they're not doing that right now. Anyway, let's, uh, let's say thanks over there since I brought them up to my buddies over at Patriot Coolers. You guys can go to PatriotCoolers.com. You can follow them on social media at Patriot Coolers with an S on the end of it. You saw right here, it's the return of the 16 ounce. It's blue. It's got an upside down American flag with the Suspendables logo. These are fantastic products. They do a really good job. You guys want to hear something kind of fun? As I take a little sip of my coffee, which is still warm, even though I made it hours ago, my wife and I did a side-by-side -side with a Yeti tumbler that we have. I don't know where I actually, I think... Actually, I do know where I got it. I had a Yeti tumbler because I found it in like the break room and nobody claimed it when I was working for the FBI. So I took it home. It's a green one. It's a nice looking cup. We had some very hot apple cider that we took to church with us. And then we went into the church and it was cold outside. I mean, it's in the 20s, let's say. So it sat 
in the two cup holders right next to the Patriot Cooler 19 ounce, my, my black coffee mug that you guys have seen. All right. So Yeti and, and Patriot side by side in the same exact environment, which was a cold van left for upwards of an hour and a half. Come back to it. It was shockingly warmer. The, the Patriot Cooler one. It's thinner and it doesn't look like it would even do the job. It does a better job by quite a bit. And uh, I've never done a side-by-side to do that before. It was an accident, but that's it. If you guys want to check out outstanding products, patriotcoolers.com. You guys can check out their tumblers. They're very good. They're, uh, you look at their coolers, the hard-sided ones, like the 50-quart that we've got in the back of our, our van. Outstanding for keeping things hot or cold. You might need to keep things warmer. You might want to fill it with tamales and then uh, take it on a road trip and not have them freeze in the back. Great options. Check out this good company. They've been supporting us since we started, and we really do appreciate them. Again, patriotcoolers.com. Use the promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E, K-Y-L-E. That's the promo code everywhere we go. Use that promo code. Save 10% when you go check out their website. Uh, 50 bucks or more. It's going to be for free shipping. So, all right. Let's see. So, we've got a little video because this woman, well, let's first put this up here. This is Fox News covering down on, on uh, Fannie or Fonny. I don't know how you pronounce it. And I've heard it both ways now. Apparently, uh, you know, she had this improper relationship. And she went on to say that she's being targeted because racism. Is that not surprising to you guys? Is it not surprising to find out that this woman who seems fairly corrupt in her actions is going to just hide behind racism? And that's why she had to have an improper romantic relationship with a guy who was breaking up with his wife and who was uh, lying to a judge and not giving up documents and all these other kind of things. It's it's because racism. You're having very unfair and inappropriate expectations because racism. I've got a video of her saying it. This is about two minutes. It's actually worth hearing it in her own words. Let's give people a chance to say what they think. Yes, she's trying to conjure up something. I want you to listen. When someone repeats themselves over and over again, they say something and then they say something, you'll hear that. It's when they have nothing to say. But uh, here we go. This is uh, Fonnie Willis and... Uh, She's in front of a Big Bethel AME church in Atlanta. And this is her little Sunday sermon for, for America. All the glory I receive, it's his grace, not a perfect me. We are at a time in history, people. Hear me on this. We are at a time in history when you can no longer sit back and just let other folks do it. You cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. The Lord is completing us. We are not perfect. We need your prayers. We need to be allowed to stumble. We need grace. With that kind of support, we will move mountains and do Jesus' will. If you simply commit. 
commit yourself to be obedient and steadfast in your efforts and his work. If you commit yourself, God will turn your hard headed self into the extraordinary for his kingdom. Thank you. Uh, why why do they turn into preachers when they are doing things and they are found out to be acting in a way that is inappropriate for their station? That was the, one of the quotes that just came out of our chat. How come how come these women turn into preachers suddenly? Sounds a lot like Michelle Obama. Another little good comment in here. This is something she said directly from this Fox News article. Um, what did she says? She says uh, they only attacked one, and the first thing they'll say is, "Oh, she's going to play the race card now." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're going to say. Because you played the race card. Did you notice? You just did the thing that people would think you would do when you have no other defense. Nothing worse than somebody preaching to you about how they're sinners and they're going to be sinners. I remember I remember hearing words like that coming out of, uh, what's that guy's name? David Koresh, the sinful messiah is what he used to call himself, things like that. It's real ugly. And it is indeed prideful, which is... Uh, sort of the opposite of what you'd expect. That's not humility. That wasn't taking ownership. That was incredible hubris, and from a pulpit, no less. Pretty good. Uh, I don't expect black women to save the world. I don't expect anybody to save the world. I expect people to do what is right, and it would be fine if she just accepted, like, hey, I made some mistakes. That's actually the humility that people would look for, and they would go, yeah, that's a fundamentally American place for us to be. I made some mistakes. I'm not proud of them. I'm still trying to do my job. Okay. Controversy over. We still will disagree with what you did, but that ends it. This is ugly. This is really, really ugly stuff, and it is pretty standard, unfortunately. Um, let's let's push into what's going on over at Fox because Fox is kind of an interesting topic for the, today, just in and of itself. And I want to throw this up here. This was the splash page as you landed on <laughs> the Fox News. Look at this. Haley supporters are predicting an outcome of Iowa caucuses, and they uh, who do they refuse to support? You can guess. It's Donald Trump. And Governor Reynolds reveals what it would mean if the president doesn't get 50%. Okay. So we're, we're going to focus 100% on Donald Trump, because that's where Fox is at. They have to. And they have an entire article that was put up here, and in a video, which I, I cut the video... And I'm going to play you two clips of it. They're very, very amusing to me. They're not our comedy bit for the day, but let's put it this way. Uh, Haley supporters predict the outcome of Iowa caucuses reveal who they refuse to support. As the GOP nominee, Fox News Digital spoke with multiple Nikki Haley supporters. Some of us have been wondering, where are the Nikki Haley supporters? Are there any? Is this a real thing? How many people that are not paid to support Nikki Haley are actually behind Nikki Haley? I don't know who they are. Uh, Rand Paul came out over the end of the week and early weekend and said, you know, I'm finally coming forward and I'm saying, I'm not going to tell you who I'm going to support, but I am going to tell you who I don't support. And I'm in the Never Nikki camp. So you can go to Never Nikki. I don't know if it's .com or .org. One of you guys in the chat will get it right. Uh, Never Nikki, because it's atrocious. <laughs> There's no real support for this woman. However, Fox News Digital traveled uh, to Haley's final rally ahead of Monday. This is incredible. And, uh, and spoke to a number of voters who expressed their admiration for her, as well as optimism that she would, quote unquote, close the gap with frontrunner, former President Donald Trump. Fox is telling you what they're all about. The media will tell us that Trump is going to blow everything away. I think he'll probably win, but I think the margin between him and Nikki will be a lot closer, said one voter um, who's going to be in the Iowa caucuses. So Trump wins, but uh, he'll win by not as much, is essentially the claim. I've got, I've got a good little uh, clip of what she's about. 
or at least what her supporters say she's about. Like I said, I didn't, I don't know if these people are paid shills or what, but they're kind of amusing. And then uh, I've got a wrap up from the exact same video that Fox had. They probably didn't realize how funny it was. So let's play the theoretically uh, very interested in Nikki Haley running the United States group. This is what they look like, apparently. The media will tell us that Trump is going to just blow everything away. I think he probably will win, but I think it, the margin between he and Nikki will be a lot closer. Well, that I don't know. I really don't. It, I think there's so many unknowns here and not quite sure. Well, I just committed here in the last week. Uh, I really want somebody who can bring us back together. The president shouldn't be somebody that hates half the nation. And right now it feels like the two top runners on both parties are in that position. Nikki will kind of bring, I mean, we want, the, she, she still has the solid Republican platform. She believes in pro-life and all that, but she's willing to listen and understand what other people say. And that's something I think we need in America today. She's got that solid pro-life, you know, Republican conservative platform, doesn't she? Isn't that what we say about her? Pretty sure that's true. Unless it's not true. Unless it's not true at all. Um, how about Nikki Haley's stance on abortion from The Independent, British newspaper? Nikki Haley is gaining attention in the GOP race with her calls for quote-unquote consensus around abortion. An unusual tone in a campaign where Republicans... Uh, and White House hopefuls often prefer to highlight their eagerness to fight Joe Biden and the other Democrats. She is looking for consensus. And consensus is how we should always do what is right and wrong. We should always look to consensus. Do we all agree that owning people is acceptable like they did in the American South? Isn't that what it's all about? Remember, this, this is the same woman that had a hard time saying that slavery was at the root of what happened in the Civil War. Pretty interesting. As a state representative running a long shot campaign, for South Carolina governor, she would often explain her opposition to abortion with a story about her family. So she said she's pro-life. She's very pro-life, not because my party tells me to, but because my husband was adopted. And so therefore, I'm very grateful. That's a good That's a good place to start. She won the race and she was reelected as governor. And she was the, uh, the ambassador to the UN for Donald Trump. But now she's competing as the only woman in the Republican presidential nominee. This is very favorable, by the way. If you just look at the tone, when the political left is pretty favorable to a Nikki Haley... It makes me think that what Vivek said about her being the Trojan horse is fairly interesting and pretty troubling. She's reviving her personal anecdote when she's on the campaign trail almost verbatim. She's saying exactly the same exact stuff she was saying earlier. Her supporters say that she staked out a consistent approach from her earliest days in politics, challenging federal Republicans to be pragmatic in their pursuit of a deeply conservative agenda. Well, here's the thing. Nikki Haley is the right candidate for the United States of America and the Republican Party in 2002. In a post 9-11, you know, everybody wants to get along, let's make this thing right. That's probably exactly where it is. The problem is, is that the political left has swung the, the dialogue in the Overton window so dramatically to the left that she's now just getting dragged along with it. And the conservatives have done the exact opposite. They've tacked the other way. She's urged Republicans not to push for a quote-unquote national abortion ban with next to no chance of passing Congress. The fact of the matter is, is that you would say this is a state's rights issue and we should be uh, lobbying that all the states do what needs to be done, which is the right thing, and, and shut it down. And then people can vote with their feet where they want to live. That would be the right answer. But she doesn't have that. What she's basically done is she's trying to say, uh, you know, she's running away from this and she doesn't have a staunchly pro-life stance like this guy just said. 
So I have a I have a video for you. This is actually from the same Fox video. And it for me, it sums up the actual American take. I'm going to give you guys a look at it and then I'll let you in the chat try to see if you can figure out why this is the right. This is the, actually the most realistic situation going on right here. I'm going to have you just I'm going to plant a little seed. This is the 19th Amendment in action. This is what it looks like in 2024. Check out this little uh, clip also from Fox from the exact same clip with that nicely groomed man in his 60s talking about how Nikki Haley has all the conservative cred. Here we go. I actually think she's going to do very well tomorrow. I think people might be surprised. Um, you know, her polls have been going up. And uh, I know a lot of people think that Trump has it in the bag already. But if she does well and then goes on to a couple of the next states and does well, I think she could be our nominee. It, it's hard to tell until the caucus is over. <laughs> I'm dying. Okay, I'm going to play it one more time for you guys. What I want you to do, and if you're missing this on, because uh, you're listening on the audio platform, what you're missing is the incredible amount of discomfort that this man has for what his, I assume, wife is saying. I can't believe that he agrees with any of this based on his facial expressions. Some of you guys uh, and gals out there have have watched people's facial expressions for a living, whether it be playing cards or whether it be doing sales, and you got to pick up on the cues. You tell me. Is this man the most uncomfortable person on camera because his wife is going on and saying things and then listen to the non-commit that he plays out. He absolutely has zero interest in getting involved in this and he doesn't want to be there. He's not voting for Nikki Haley. I'm just telling you right now. But this is kind of the way that it works. When you have these women who are very, very excited about something for the first time and they don't know what the hell they're talking about and she seems like one of them, they get dragged there and this husband is just like, I just need my house not to be chaotic. I just need to not have this fight. I'll just cancel out her vote later. Um, <laughs> just watch. Watch how uncomfortable it is. He's trying to object, but he knows that he shouldn't. This is classic like husband who's kept his mouth shut for far too long kind of attitude. Here we go. One more time. I actually think she's going to do very well tomorrow. I think people might be surprised. It, it's hard to tell until the caucus is over. Listen, it's hard to tell until the caucus is over, people. It's just hard to tell because I don't want to be the person that tells you that this isn't going to work out, that my wife has terrible ideas and she doesn't have good ideas about politics and this person that she's supporting. I'm here because I got dragged here, but I don't want to be here at all. Oh, my gosh. That is a microcosm, I think for America in a lot of ways. It's these people who just found their political voice. They just want to be heard. They don't know anything. And this poor guy has just been keeping his mouth shut. He's been earning a living for his whole life. And he's just like, God, why, why did they choose to interview my wife of all the people? Like, why is this happening to me? <laughs> okay. And so that's, that's the bad takes and also the subtle, the subtle denial. I think that's, I think it's all over the place here. Uh, there was a woman on X that I, I just quote tweeted this morning or I just shared, and I think that she also shares a pretty reasonable piece uh, of of just like, what are we doing? Why are we fighting so aggressively internally? And I think that her take, she said she's never posted a video before. I saw it. I've never seen her before. Um, I'm following her now. She goes by Midwest Mom or Bad Lib Takes. And this is a solid take on on just people need to take a little breath said that you can warm yourself by the gaslight or you can enjoy the fiery rhetoric. It's amusing, but it's non-productive. And I think this statement, particularly sort of the shaming that's going on, Laura Loomer is out here trying to shame people into a quote unquote loyalty oath. We're going to talk about that right on the other side of this video. Um, loyalty oaths, folks, those words specifically are very problematic for me and definitely for the rest of the suspendables. I will, I will speak 
quite clearly about that in one second here. But listen to this woman. I think she has a very sober take. Okay, so this is the first time that I've ever recorded a video of me talking on this app. But I felt like it was just something I needed to say and not type. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the conservative influencer, Benny Johnson, okay? I don't follow him close enough that I would know if he were, you know, super Trump, DeSantis, Vivek, I don't know. I just know he's conservative. I like his posts for the most part, um, whatever. I guess tonight he posted um, that he was on the campaign trail with Vivek, okay? in Iowa. All I saw was the post apologizing for some miscommunication. I was curious what it was because I knew he was on this, you know, campaign trail with Vivek. Come to find out, that's literally all he posted, that he was on the campaign trail with Vivek. What the hell is going on that he would have to apologize for that? The top comment I saw was, it's too late, Benny. We figured you out. You're not one of us. The next one was, you're either in or you're out. There's no middle ground. So here's my question. Who actually died and made this subsection of Trump supporters the purveyors of what everyone else who loves America must do? to somehow prove they love this country the way they do. I'm just not sure who made them in charge of everyone else. And I've said- And that's what I wanted you to hear. Who made anybody in charge of what independent people seem to feel like? That is a very un-American take. Laura Loomer has been out there posting a number of things saying that there needs to be a loyalty oath. Those are the words. Those are very important, specific words to me. A loyalty oath saying that uh, we're going to either you're you're loyal to President Trump and you're willing to swear an oath to him. Or what? You can't vote for a Republican candidate. This is a crazy take, folks. This is not a normal way to operate. And I don't want people to have this sort of sense that because things are inflammatory and the political left is doing weird things, which they are, and they're talking about how he's going to be a dictator, that you have to swing to the far right wing lunacy. Conservatives' ideas are to hold fast to principles, to conserve principles. And if you're not going to conserve those, what are you conserving? What is the purpose? If you're going to go wildly attacking people who don't agree with you, like, why? What's the upside? How do you think that even helps the cause? You you can't get a President Trump elected without people in the middle, independents going, okay, look, they're the most sensible. That guy over there with the red speech is unhinged and he's talking about things that are crazy and he's talking about the extreme MAGAs. I know some people that like Trump. They're not extreme unless you start acting crazy and extreme. Please stop doing that. It's the opposite of value for what you're trying to accomplish. And then lest anybody jump on the thing and say, well, you know, poor Benny. You know, Benny is an interesting character. Benny is someone that I've been warned against by people who you guys respect. I won't say who they are. It doesn't really matter. But people who you respect have reached out to me and said, eh, just look into his history of plagiarism and some of the ways that he got famous and the way that he was able to like immediately recover from scandal and so on. That's interesting. I don't know what it means. He might be, he might be righteous. I'm willing to give people lots of grace. I'm also not willing to condemn people because they like Vivek Ramaswamy or because they like DeSantis or because they love President Trump. And the word loyalty oath, 
Here's the two oaths that I'm willing to get behind. Number one, the United States Constitution. We swear an oath to the Constitution when you're in civil service, when you're in the military, when you're in federal law enforcement, you swear your oath to the Constitution, not the leader, not the person who is the chief of the executive. Why is that? Because in America, we don't believe in kings. We don't believe in kings, regardless of what MSNBC says about or MSNBC says about Donald Trump. We don't believe in kings. So we don't swear allegiance or loyalty to a person. We swear to our flag and to our constitution. Those are concepts and they out like they basically outstrip any human being. And the only loyalty pledge or oath that you're going to get out of me is to my wife and to my family, which is probably the same as most of you. If you got right down to it, the people that you owe allegiance to are your blood and the one person that you have basically said to become one ordained by God. That's it. So anybody who's going to say otherwise, and let me just ask you this, when you see people like Laura Loomer and, and she's out there, she's one of the loudest, wildest voices. She is driving some of this train. Is she married? Cause I'm pretty sure she's not. She just had a, uh, like a little skit that somebody did in a restaurant the other day. And she said, she's married to the game. That makes me want to puke. She's not married and she's not a military veteran. So she doesn't necessarily understand what it means when you put your hand up and swear loyalty in an oath to a concept like the United States. That doesn't mean she doesn't love America. I have no idea. I've never like had much personal interaction. We've texted a few times. I've talked to her on the phone maybe briefly. I can't remember exactly. We were trying to solve her gun rights problem, which I do stand behind. But man, you want somebody to swear a, an oath of allegiance to somebody in this country? That is the opposite. That is the that is exactly what people on the political left accuse people on the political right of. Cultish mentality. It is the wrong way to get people in the middle. And people in the middle are what is going to decide this. It's going to be people down the middle. The base loves Trump. The base is going to elect Trump. None of these other characters matter. It's very, very simple. What Vivek says, what DeSantis says, these are all irrelevant. These guys are all playing for third place. It's Trump and Trump. Very clear to me. Been clear since they indicted him. But can we just have a little bit of like sanity that if you're going to go and pound on these people and try to like win home some points and you're going to make memes about people that are on your same side, you agree on 90% of the issues and you're going to pick a fight with these people? Why? That's the dumbest thing possible. That is the value of the political left being able to weaponize what they have, which is public sentiment, saying, look, they can't even agree on anything. At least the political left is united. They've got this woman out there who is uh, speaking, and she's lionized, speaking in front of a church with a Fannie Willis. She's out there speaking in front of a church. She's blaspheming, and, and, and they accept it wholeheartedly. Why? Because they're all on the same marching orders. Do I think everybody needs to be on the same marching orders? No. I think that people who are reasonable can have reasonable disagreements and they try to move policy because on the political right, if we give a shit about America, what we care about are principles and policies, but not people and politicians. Those are means to an end. We don't fall in love with any of this stuff. It should be very easy. I don't know why it's such an issue right now, but it's, it is ugly. And uh, one of the things, like I said, when you look at the movement against what's going on, there's obviously a movement against Trump. And that concerns me. It doesn't mean that I'm going to go and stand behind every single thing the man says. Sometimes he's wrong. If you guys don't realize that, you need to just open your eyes up and relax. It's okay. He's allowed to be wrong. He's allowed to be wrong like 15 or 20% of the time and still be great. That's the best part about America. And everything that he takes, how many of the stuff that, like, that he's talking about are even within the powers of the presidency? The one thing that I do like most about Vivek is that whenever he says what he's going to do, he says how he's going to accomplish it. That's a very business-oriented mindset. I, I wish Donald Trump would adopt some of that. Because you don't have the authority to do some of the things, and you don't have the power to just willy-nilly do things like be a dictator, which he's he's joking about. He's obviously trolling. Nobody should take that seriously. 
But what you should do is look and go, man, um, under what authority are you going to operate? That's the whole question that the executive branch is supposed to ask. That's the question that I asked when I was told to do things that I thought were wrong. What authority do we have to do this? Oh, none? Okay, I won't do that. What authority do you have to demand this of me? Oh, none? I won't be participating then. Knock yourself out. You can remove me. I'm not going to break the oath to the Constitution, which is not a person, period. Because if your oath to the Constitution is substituted and it's going to be to the president, then what you have is a group of people that are sworn to Barack Obama for eight years and then Donald Trump for four years, if you believe that, which I don't. And then a Joe Biden or whoever's running Joe Biden's sock puppet. That's all problematic. You can't have that. That's why our country has been great for as long as it has. If we get away from that and if we allow that to be the norm, that is a big problem for us. I've got a video of what it looks like, by the way. I've got a video of what happens when you start playing that game. You want to see it? This is what it looks like if you start running after every single minute detail that you don't agree with. Did you guys see that? That's what it's about. It's about running after the laser pointer. It's about looking for that cat. You want to see it again? The laser pointer is the narrative and the weird stuff. It's the things they're trying to get you outraged with. This is, this is what people need to stop doing. Don't be a cat. Don't be this. And it's best because it's frantic. It's totally frantic. Stop being frantic. Take a deep breath, folks. Okay? It's super easy. We don't need to be doing this. Um, another little interesting piece, like I said, they, they are clearly targeting people like Trump. And you can see even places like Fox News are doing so. Uh, they're doing so, and it's ugly. They just canceled Michael Lindell, who's obviously a big Trump supporter. Right? This is, uh, this is coming from The Guardian. So, British paper. Election denying my pillow chief. That's such a great name. Election denying my pillow chief plots TV expansion and bid to help Trump. So, Mike Lindell is trying to build up his network over on what he calls Lindell TV. It's a website, Frank Speech. Uh, folks there have been very nice. They've got shows like um, Emerald Robinson, who's had me and the, the book guys on a bunch. And they've got some Lou Dobbs is booked up there now. And Roger Stone just went over and started doing it, I think. Um, but, you know... They canceled his ads like he was spending millions with Fox and suddenly they don't need him. That's very interesting. He's a MAGA loyalist. He spent millions of dollars that they claim pushing falsehoods about electronic voting machines. I'm not sure they're falsehoods. Nobody's ever disproved these things. That's not actually how it works. And the people who had the authority to actually do those investigations didn't do them. So that should be problematic. But he hired on Lou Dobbs, you know, the, and he just got canceled like almost right away. Now, Lou Dobbs is a former Fox guy. So maybe this is about that. Maybe it's about something deeper. You see that the lead story they had today was about Nikki Haley, which does seem kind of weird. Um, I've got a video because Mike sent this out to all the people that have a MyPillow code, and we do. You can use MyPillow code Kyle, K-Y-L-E, if you want to support Mike. But here's him. Look look how upset this guy is. Like, this is actually pretty troubling to watch. Uh, here's here's Mike Lindell uh, making his sort of announcement to folks that, uh, that had the affiliate program with him. Hello, everyone. I've got some very disturbing news. Fox News just canceled MyPillow. This is disgusting, um, I've, you know, because I have spoke out to help secure our elections since January of 2021. Uh, this has been going on, first the box stores, the shopping channels, and now Fox News. Now, um, I can only say, gee, what, did you not want my face on your network because I'm so branded with our real president, Donald Trump? Uh, is it because we added Lou Dobbs to Lindell TV this week? Um, and uh, I, we don't know yet, but I'm just, I just wanted to let you all know, Fox News has canceled my pillow. Thank you. 
So that's tough. That's tough to see. Uh, he's obviously pretty emotional about it. I think Mike Lindell, he doesn't know a lot of things about what's going on. People have told me they've sat in meetings with him and his his understanding of like what's going on in the country is is not the strongest in the world. But he does. A, he runs a business. He spends good money. And if we're going to have Fox News basically pushing their political agenda, which they are, and they're going to take his money until it's inconvenient, which is what it looks like they've done, then that's a big problem. Um, you know, they're weighing in and they're they're weighing in opposite Trump because obviously he's threatening to them. Again, that leans me more towards Trump because I'm a contrarian. And when the establishment pushes something against when the mainstream media has a big problem with somebody, I'm like, well, that sounds fine. I'm, I'm for that. Like Trump was always kind of the middle finger. He needs to continue to be the middle finger, but he can still do so in a way that's a little bit more humble or a little bit less um, fighting in its own party. Like he just needs to be like, look, I, I already won this. I'm, I'm, I've said this multiple times. If Donald Trump just said the, the primaries are over, who cares? I, I guarantee you he could assume the win. You call it assuming the sale in a sales business. You can assume the win and just push on and only campaign against Joe Biden. But the but the in punching and having like different, uh, you know, little like proxies going in and, and making people feel terrible. It's it's contra it's contraindicated because it's it's counter to the movement that is trying to happen. And you basically are not going to be able to do this without a consensus. It's foolish to think otherwise. Anyway, um, and and. MSNBC equally scared. So I've got this too. So when Fox News and MSNBC are on the same answer, that's not a good thing. Here's a here's a little story that came from them. I got one more and then we'll kind of wrap the sucker up. Uh, with one answer, Donald Trump made his bad week worse. This is the stuff that people on political left are hearing. They're hearing that, you know, Donald Trump is basically done. And I think it's the opposite of that. So what do they say? Uh, New York Times, Trump vowing retribution despite foretelling a second term of spite. Oh, so he's going to be all about spite. That's fine. We're sort of okay with that. There should be some spite. People are pissed off. They shouldn't be pissed off at other Republicans, though. They shouldn't be pissed off at conservatives. They should take it to where it goes, which is some of this awfulness. Here's PBS reporting. Trump's ramped up rhetoric raises new concerns about violence and authoritarianism. Does it? Seriously? And Politico. Trump says, I don't want to be a dictator except for day one. So they honed in on this, which was clearly a joke. Once the, what's, what's the story? You can always take Donald Trump seriously, but you shouldn't take him literally. That was something that we learned in 2015, 2016. That still continues to be the case. Uh, and their statement was, is basically they believe, here's here's the question that came from an appellate judge hearing, could a president, this is a quote from the judges, could a president who ordered SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political rival and is not impeached, would he be subject to criminal prosecution? And his his lawyer said, only if he were impeached and convicted first. So this is not Donald Trump saying it, this is his attorney saying it, they're making a hypothetical argument that if there was a political assassination and that and the president was not impeached and convicted, then he couldn't be held accountable for criminal prosecution. It's a, They're trying to thread a needle about what, what the legal status of being the president is, and that the only people who have oversight of what goes on while he's a president and who can adjudicate whether or not he is scoped in his duties is in fact the political bodies that are allowed to do that. The House would have to impeach. The Senate would have to convict. That's their argument. There's a reason why they're making that argument, because they're essentially saying Donald Trump was impeached multiple times and he was he was not convicted. He was acquitted in his his, his uh, Senate trials for impeachment. And so, therefore, anything that they want to claim that he did, which was the Russia, Russia nonsense, the Ukrainian phone call thing. And then also they impeached him over January 6th. All of that stuff was supposed to say that essentially that like they didn't they didn't get it done. And so they didn't meet their burden of proof. So, of course, he was scoped within his job. It's a legal argument that has nothing to do with whether or not he's making the argument that he should be out there killing his political opponents. But that's what the political left is spinning it as. And that's because they're scared crapless of what he's about. And we should just accept that.
They're scared of Donald Trump. They're not scared of anybody else. They only want to push people like Nikki Haley because she's right down the middle and she's no better than the other side at this point. You know, she's just this milk toast wannabe figure. She doesn't win. She's not going to, you're not going to get people from the political left that are like, well, I just really like Nikki. I think I'm going to actually go for her. She worked under Trump, right? That'll be the next line of attack. She worked under Trump. She's just as bad as Trump. So she's, she's a no, she's a no win. It's pretty bizarre. It's a weird time to be alive. Anyway, keep an eye on what happens. We'll, we'll talk about what happens with the, uh, with the uh, caucuses that happen today that are going on. And then uh, we'll also, I'm going to let you know that I'm going to be out of town. I'm actually doing a Catholic retreat. I'm going to go meet some of the folks from Catholic Vote for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. we got some really good interviews coming up with some very interesting people. Um, we're going to be playing one with uh, J. Michael Waller. You guys will like that. We've got a former Special Forces Captain, a Green Beret, that left over the jab and has now been part of this military accountability, this declaration of military accountability saying that that uh, the military command needs to be held accountable for what they've done to our to our ranks and how they went after people regarding the uh, the COVID shots. Very, very interesting stuff and very cool people. So stick around for that. Uh, this week's going to be kind of interesting, but like I said, we'll be on the road for about half of it. I want to do one last little story here that I think is of relevance, and then we'll, we'll kind of clean our palate and step off into the day. This is a Martin Luther King Jr. story. <laughs> from the Guardian as well. I just saw it and I couldn't help but, but tell you guys. Uh, his dream has been weaponized into a nightmare. Martin Luther King Jr.'s words have been co-opted by the political right. And this is the uh, the Guardian again reporting this today on Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, the day that celebrates. They basically make an argument throughout this entire article that uh, people like Vivek Ramaswamy are quoting him, that, uh, <laughs> that DeSantis is claiming that he would have been for banning certain books from children. That uh, the whole idea that he was interested in not judging people by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character is somehow not what he meant. And uh, then they also said that Ronald Reagan was basically a vicious racist, but he decided to uh, go ahead and co-opt this. He didn't want to have a national holiday. There's probably a good reason for not having a national holiday on this in 1983. But he decided to turn the political defeat into a legacy-making opportunity, so saith far-left critics who are professors of civil rights and race and those types of things at uh, various different far-left institutions that sort of hate America. So that's kind of incredible. That's the statement that's being made out there. Uh, Ronald Reagan has um, Ronald Reagan is a big racist, and uh, Martin Luther King Jr. has been subverted and now is, is being used as a talking point for the political right. Like, I don't know. I just, I never saw it as a, as a thing that we should ever put politics on. How about just be a good person and then we'll like you as a human being. We can disagree with you and we don't have to fundamentally lose our damn minds every single time. Pretty bizarre, but that's what you're seeing. That's the take from the uh, the Guardian, which is obviously on the left. And it's pretty sad. Let me do a, a quick thanks. Since I said it, I'm going to be seeing my friends over at Catholic Vote. If you guys want to go sign up for The Loop, Loop has some good stuff in there, some great coverage, including the Iowa caucuses and some others, some uh, recommendations that Biden closed down the border. Senator Joe Manchin, there's an article about that. So check that out in today's Loop. Go to catholicvote.org. Again, catholicvote.org. You can give generously if you want to push on the green button and support the Kyle Serafin Show financially. They are supporting us. You guys can support them. They are doing advocacy for faith, family, and freedom around the United States. They are keeping track of the oversteps and overreaches of the FBI and suing them regarding the document that was going after Catholics, but more broadly, they were going after Christians, which I explained very early on in February of last year, almost a year ago now. Uh, go to catholicvote.org if you guys want to support them. Like I said, I'll be hanging out with them a little bit. And then let's also say, you guys can go over to the merch store if you want and check out this shirt. This is a, uh, a thin green line 
the Last Line Strength shirt, which is available on the website at the-suspendables. It's the-suspendables.com. Don't forget the dash, the-suspendables.com. You can check out the pins, which we still have for sale. They are, uh, and I say we, it's the O'Boyle Family Sweatshops work. Here you go. This is the pin. I wear them on my lapel whenever we speak, whenever we go places. Uh, oftentimes when I'm actually traveling, I get a lot of looks from TSA for wearing those. You guys can get three of those for 30 bucks. Use promo code Kyle. We'll save you a couple of bucks. There's no money in it for us in the show. It's just us promoting our friend, keeping him busy so that he's not out there losing his mind. And it sounds like it's still pretty cold over there in the O'Boyle family sweatshop because I think they lost power for a good chunk. Uh, pray for all those folks that are going to be without power today, people that are going to be dealing with some very cold temperatures. We hope that you guys are all safe and we'll take a big deep breath. And then uh, I got a couple of dad jokes for you guys. I think that we can uh, kind of just ease our way in. Here's some dad jokes. Take a deep breath. Remember what these things are about. We're all still Americans at the end of the day. And if we could remember that, we probably would have a little bit less chaos. Dad jokes times two. We'll, we'll loop it because you're going to want to hear them twice just so you can hear what he said. My wife wants me to blow air on her every time she overheats, but honestly, I'm not a fan. When my wife told me I needed to stop impersonating flamingos, I had to put my foot down. My wife wants me to blow air on her every time she overheats, but honestly, I'm not a fan. When my wife told me I needed to stop impersonating flamingos, I had to put my foot down. All right, there you go. A little bit of dad humor for the end of the day. Guys, sometimes you got to just put your foot down for your wife. See, it all ties back in there. There is a there is a method to the madness. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. If you're on Kyle Serafin, or if you're, uh, you can go to kyleserafin.com. Actually, you can find the audio podcast if you want to send us a message. Many of you guys have already found that out, but you can go and do that. Again, it's kyleserafin.com, or you can follow us at rumble.com slash kyleserafin. Rumble.com slash kyleserafin is the Rumble show where the chat has been going. I've been kind of catching it. I'll go catch up when we're done here. Um, folks, make sure you're giving us a thumbs up over there. And if you're watching us on X, we do appreciate it. Always uh, would like it if you guys wanted to join us in the live chat because it continues to be amusing for me to see what you guys got going on. Uh, let's do a quick thanks to those of you who listen on the audio. If you missed out on some of the uh, the visuals today, you can always come and join us visually. But if you're listening on the audio, I want to say thanks for your five-star reviews, which continue to pop up. This one is from Seek the Kingdom. Friday's podcast was so much fun with guest, with guest Sal Greco. It was like you were talking to your brother from another mother who sounded like Dan Bongino. There's so much truth in your podcast that most have no idea about. Thank you and the other Suspendables for your character and sacrifice. I include you in all my prayers. Merry Christmas. That was just before Christmas, of course, uh, December 22. And uh, you know what? We really appreciate all of your five-star reviews. We appreciate the prayers. I think we can all feel them. It feels like this year is already off to a way better start than last year. I was just reflecting about how wildly different it's been. So very grateful for all of you. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Be safe out there. If you're driving in the snow and the cold, keep yourselves warm. And we will see you again tomorrow at 0930. Stream live here from Liberty Hill, Texas. It's 830 in Texas, America. Um, God bless. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the Kyle Serafin Show. Streamed live weekdays on rubble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.